1: Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. The numbers told the story they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe
2: in analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on v
3: Good Wednesday morning to you. This is a numbers game at Visa, the sports betting network, Visa.com, the Visa app, Game Plus, iHeartRadio, YouTube TV, all proudly brought to you by BetMGM. Skill Alexander was hatting, party people. How you doing? Kelly Bidlin is here as well, producer number nine. Kelly is playing her today. Kelly? Share with everybody what happened this I've morning. I've had a
4: morning. What I happened? I've had a morning. I got, got up, stubbed my toe as soon as I got out of bed.
3: Big toe, second toe.
4: Big toe. Mm-hmm. Oh, big toe. Uh, then got my coffee at Starbucks, as I usually do walking in here today. Uh, got in the elevator. Lid might not have been as uh, completely on as, uh, you know, I should have checked it. Should have checked it. Went to go take one sip. Oh, no. And boom, coffee all over my hand, Gil and it still hurts.
3: Oh, yeah, it was the rough. old loose lid trick.
4: No, no, I, I dodged from getting on my clothes very well. Well,
3: you have the agility I'm of a cat.
4: Expert. It was like yeah. a cat, cat-like agility. I was yeah. Out of the way, no. hand extended.
3: People don't know that about you. People don't know
4: that about me. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. a
3: man your size, quite the agility. Watch
4: my corner drill, man. Come on, watch
3: out. <laughs> I hope you feel better. We'll get an update about an hour from now. See how your hand's doing. How about that? That's good. uh, Drew Dinsick on the show for both the Deep Dive and Bet the uh, Edge podcast, NBC Sports, Bet the Edge. Talk basketball with us. Idol, the NBA Idol, yesterday on Election Day. Uh, We'll talk, of course, national football week number 10. Is it week number 10? It's week number 10. Week number 10. In the national football league. Mike Pritchard speaking to the NFL, our own Mike Pritchard, former NFL wideout, VEASAN host. He'll be with us to to discuss the same. Will Hill, his thoughts on uh, all things football. Including whether he thinks uh, all these baseball awards are going to be chalky. The baseball award season has begun. If baseball uh, had its way, we wouldn't have these awards announced till Valentine's Day, it seems like. And Jason Weingarten from Under a Cloud of Smoke uh, to talk about everything, including uh, Election Day betting yesterday. Can I make a point about this? What you got? Well, so here's the thing. So, in the five and a half years history of this show, this network, um, We've done a lot of things that people remember. we won a lot of bets, won a lot of bets this year. We don't have to go through them. It's been awesome. There's a lot of moments. But I'll tell you what I'm as proud of as anything, Kelly, which is this show's coverage of election betting through the years, which is a massive global thing. Yeah. Not in this country, but if you, uh, here's Betfair even said this for the 2020 election, the 2020 presidential election, the last presidential election two years ago that the combined handle of that event exceeded that year's Super Bowl, NBA Finals, Derby, and they even threw in like the 2017 Conor McGregor-Mayweather fight handle combined. Wow. That's how big globally betting on elections is.
4: I mean, specifically in the U.K., right? Isn't U.K. on U.S. Well, elections? Well, this, was, this was referring
3: to the U.S. election of 2020 between Joe Biden and Donald Trump. No, no, I'm saying betting in the U.K. Oh, on they,
4: U.S. elections. Yes, yeah,
3: they, that's correct. That is correct. They love it, um, but as you know, many of the listeners to this show have their ways of betting elections as well, and are super passionate about it. And for those who missed it yesterday, I'm getting. I, I want to make a, a broad point about sports betters involved in this. Yesterday, in case you missed it, the the assumption, the conventional wisdom going into yesterday's midterm election was that there was going to be a red wave. In fact, when I use the term red wave off off air to somebody, they told me, oh, no, not a wave, a tsunami is coming. Now, let me just preface this all by saying this. We had Mac for standing on on Monday during guessing lines for those who missed it to talk about the upcoming uh, elections, which took place yesterday and are still in many cases not resolved, both in the House and the Senate, Senate specifically uh, looking to be uh, in the balance. And it's amazing whenever you talk about the subject because we're very careful on this show to always say what we're doing is apolitical. And let me just tell you about me personally. So in college, do you know what my major was? My major was political science. Not because I brag about it. I think it's a kind of lame major. I didn't know that. I just wanted to get out in four years. I'm like, what do I like the most that I can get out of here in four years? I was, yeah. was a little girl crazy. I wasn't really paying attention too much. Yeah, I hear you. But what I'm trying to express is that I have always been a political geek, nerd, dork, whatever you want to call it. I'm like Nate Silverish in that way. So, trust me when I say, I'm all about just the, the game of it, the pomp and circumstance of it, and betting on it and making money. You don't, uh, there's going to be people who listen to me who don't believe me. I don't care if you don't believe me. I'm just telling you, I've always been this way. Love this. Even when I was a kid, I was like, it's just like sports, it's a competition. Mac came on Monday. In my opinion, he could not have been more level headed about what he was saying. And right after the segment, I got a I got a bunch of texts. Oh, next time you should have somebody who's less biased, right? That the whole thing. This is getting to my point about it. Let me just say this: the people who were who were going after Mac tended to be on on the right side of the aisle. Mac, for those who were complaining, used to be guess what, Kelly, a GOP operative. He was an operative in the Republican Party. Okay. So even so, here this is getting to my point. My point is this: that sports betters often. Well, first of all, it, it, it's, a, it's tried and true that, like, good poker players don't make good sports bettors. Mm. And sports bettors who are really good or who have been around a while, one of the big things that they impart on newer sports bettors is, hey, don't bet with your heart. Don't bet for your favorite team, whether that's football, basketball, baseball, whatever. Don't bet for your, on your favorite player. Bet with your brain, not with your heart. Bet with your mind, not with your heart. Yet, when it comes to political betting, and we saw this in 2020 and we saw it a bit yesterday, Those same people who are really good sports bettors tend to do everything they caution others not to do when it comes to sports. They do it with politics because politics exponentially, right? People are more exponentially rooted in their politics on both sides of the aisle, far right, far left. They're so entrenched in their viewpoint that sometimes even when they're betting, oftentimes, and this is what we've seen on this show, they can't get past their lens and their perspective on the world. So they're doing exactly what they caution against with sports bettors. Just like poker players aren't good at sports, sometimes the best sports bettors aren't good at betting politics. This is something for like two years from now when we have the next presidential, presidential election that people should keep in mind. Now, part of it is that polling sucks now. Polls are not reflective of anything that ends up resulting in elections. We've seen this for the last few election cycles. Why is that? Don't know. Maybe people in exit polls are a little more cagey than they used to be. Ooh. People don't want to reveal themselves. They want to throw. Fat. There's all kinds of theories about that. But by the way, Mac, let me let me just go through some of the things he said. But Mac on Monday, just like by the way in 2020, we had Mac for standing on. We had Pamela Maldonado. We had Jason Weingarten talking elections. They were awesome two years ago. And on Monday, Mac gave us, he said about the Georgia Senate race, he said, Warnock, the Democrat, has value at plus 140. Runoff potential actually favors him. And it looks like we are going to a runoff in the state of Georgia, where apparently those rules sort of favor Warnock. So plus 140, if you played that, good on Mac for giving that out. Arizona Senate, um, he, had, he had Mark Kelly at plus 100, and right now, if you look at the if you're looking at what's going on, that one is still undecided. Kelly's slightly in the lead, 51.4%, 66% of the precincts voting. So much to be determined there, but so far looking like not a bad bet at all. Uh, he also gave out Cortez Masto here in Nevada. She is trailing, but she was plus two forty. He said she's probably gonna lose, but plus two forty does represent some value. And right now, as I said, she is trailing. Adam Laxalt's ahead, but only 72% reporting, so still in the balance. And essentially, he was just spot on on everything. You know, he said in the Wisconsin Senate race that Barnes at plus 550 is a steal. He said polls are within margin of error. Barnes probably won't win, but plus 550, he came pretty close. So he was really good about saying this is a bet, this is good value, but probably won't get there. By the way, he he did say Fetterman. In Pennsylvania, in the Senate race at plus 135 has the thinnest of value, but Fetterman won Pennsylvania, yeah. plus 135. So, and, he, and on and on and on, and he he was pretty dead on on everything. But again, let me just get back to the point of this. One of the big, you know, one, again, more proud of this than almost anything on this show, in 2020— The L.A. Times did a story on us talking about the the 2020 election. On a numbers game, I talked about it all the time with Weingarten and Verstandig and Maldonado. When we did primetime action, I don't know if you remember this, this was the amazing part of the 2020 election. Matt Brown and I on set during primetime action, you sitting just where you were. We didn't talk politics on primetime action. I do my own thing on a numbers game. Just like I say, freaky, sneaky brother sticking in from the rear here, and you don't let me do that on primetime action, right? But here I do. Uh, It's a dictatorship here. But the... Remember, off air during that night, we saw the betting markets as Florida went to Trump going. Everyone started betting Trump massively. When Florida turned to Trump, now that was motor memory from 2016, because when Florida went to Trump in, in 2016, he then rolled after that and won the election over Hillary Clinton. So in 2020, all of these sports bettors, one of whom we've had on the show who won a huge prop bet that year, I won't give his name he like threw all his money into Trump because he thought it was happening again. And we even said off air, Matt and I were like, wait a minute, but it's showing that Michigan and Wisconsin and Arizona and all the other key States, they're all going to Biden. So it's like those betters were watching a football game in parts, but out of order. And they just bet what they wanted to happen in that particular case. By the way, in that case, it was just, you know, that conviction. It could have very well been the other one. The main point of all of this is great sports betters don't necessarily make great politics betters because they are subject to the same biases and viewpoints that they caution new sports betters against every day about their favorite teams. And I think it's a fascinating, fascinating dynamic that we see. We only talk about it once every two years, but something to keep in mind when we get two years from now to the general election, by the way, just from a political standpoint, we'll get into sports here after the break again. What a fascinating night, because do the Republicans now decide that DeSantis is a better candidate than Trump? And now any thought of Biden not running because this didn't end up being a red wave at all? I don't think that's even in play anymore. I think he absolutely runs because you can't persuade him not to after the results of yesterday. fascinating subject, all of which, again, apolitically speaking, we're just trying to make money. I don't care if it's Ronald Reagan or Jimmy Carter. I just want to make money. So, we'll talk a little bit about it with Jason later. Drew Dinsick on the other side. Basketball and football. It's a numbers game at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network.
1: A numbers game on v the sports betting
0: network.
3: Numbers game proudly brought to you by BetMGM Nevada. Don't forget, it's time to download the premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports, BetMGM with all your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM state-of-the-art technology And fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. We get tweets at beating the book. Always appreciate the uh, feedback. Billy Beckett talking about Bobby DeLuca from yesterday said, would love to sit down with that dude someday and have a beer. I agree with everything he did and says now. Thank you again to Bob DeLuca for uh, being a stand-up guy coming on the show these uh, past few weeks. Uh, Russell Ambrose. Uh, Political science majors for the win. He says, I'm holding a 25 to 1 on DeSantis. Find value when you can. Primetime, Cowboys underscore Cubs one. He goes, LOL, I got a degree in in mass communication with emphasis on political science. Hello, fellow nerd. Dude, it was totally, I had a political science uh, major. I had no intention of using it, Kelly. And like within three months, I was interviewing E40 with my political (laughs) science major. Hey, uh, 40 Fonzarelli, what do you think about all this? I don't know. Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, L. Yes. He was saying about Matt for He goes, he was way off on Lake. Yeah. Lake in, uh, Arizona was minus 900. Was she Arizona? What state is she again? Matt, she was Matt's minus girl. 900. Um, in Arizona for governor. She may not get there. Maybe it's already over. I don't even know. Uh, and this from Marty Ballard. Oh man, I should have, I should have totally started with this. Shout out to Jake Hahn, who was on the show yesterday, Kelly. Marty Ballard just wanted to give props to the guest you had on yesterday who gave out the hockey picks. I don't remember his name, but all five of his bets cashed. Thank you, and hopefully you'll have him on again in the future. Jake Hunt, everybody going five and zero. <laughs> a ho hum five and zero and a numbers game debut. Just he's like, hey, let me just roll out a five and zero for you. Yeah,
4: real quiet. Like, uh, how about uh, so your prop twenty seven? Yes. in California. Well,
3: let, let's just say that. So, so the biggest thing that had to do with sports betting in election on election day yesterday was California's. Two props. The most expensive ballot proposition gamble in U.S. history went bust. California voters overwhelmingly rejecting sports betting, shooting down both initiatives, one by the Native American tribes and the other by the wagering industry. What were the actual percentages?
4: So I don't have the ones on 26. On 27, 83.3% on no.
3: 27 is which one, the Native American or the wagering no, industry? I think that's the... I that's think, the industry.
4: Yeah, yeah. That's the uh, mobile one. I 80, believe. say that again, 83? 83. 83.
3: 83.3%. Let's bring in a California resident, shall we? He is uh, the co-host of the Deep Dive podcast, which he does with Andy Molitor and, of course, NBC Sports, Bet
2: the Edge. At whale underscore capro on Twitter, it's our buddy Drew Densick. How you doing, Drew? I'm well. Good morning to you guys. Uh, although, yeah, it looks like I'm not going to be rolling down and loading up my uh, my DraftKings app this afternoon, unfortunately. But uh, otherwise, everything's well. Do you have any, Do you have any speculation as to why the massive margin of defeat? I mean, Cal- California is weird. Uh, at oh, one yeah. point, we out- outlawed gay marriage here. Like that. There's like there has been some very dis- like strange um, results from the Californian voting block. We voted against legalizing marijuana before we voted for it we voted against gay marriage before overwhelmingly supporting it this may be just uh, a matter of the, the you know the the powers that be certainly the tribes and the um, you know the the major uh, players from the corporate side could not come to any kind of agreement in terms of like a unified approach to this and because of that they basically spent money against each other and made everybody hate everything and people kind of throw it up when they don't understand what's going on and this is like smart people, like lawyers, like who yeah. I'm friends with. We're like, which of these should I support? I, I don't really know. Am I supposed to vote for one of these? You know, people are asking me yeah. that. And that, at that point, I know, well, if that's where we're at, then we're in deep trouble. So yeah. I think basically this was a matter of if, if they had a unified kind of vision of how they wanted sports betting to be rolled out in California and, and they had put up a prop that made sense to people, I think they would have gotten support. But uh, they just kind of made a mess of this and they they spent money against each other and uh, the fact that they just fired so many hundreds of millions of dollars in, in terrible advertising was, um, you know, you could see that coming. Well, that was
3: the, the one exit poll that I heard. And again, take exit polls for what they're worth, as we've established. But there was there was someone who said that the people in California who had not been exposed to ads in favor of 26 or 27 were actually generally pretty close split on the subject. Whether they were gonna vote yes or no. But that the people that had been exposed to the ads, which at the end became almost every human being imaginable, they were yeah. like wildly against it. And that's what resulted in the uh, in the whole thing. Yeah, Can't you have small
2: the... small sample size problem there of the yeah. people who hadn't been exposed to the ads. <laughs> that's
3: very right. What was the what was the percentage on the other?
4: Seventy point five percent no on prop twenty six. And that was the one that was the one that increased the tribal betting, yeah. twenty-seven the mobile betting.
3: <laughs> wow. All right. Well, the NBA decided to uh, take the day off. The day before, they were doing the 15-minute staggered starts. By the way, did you like that as a format for the NBA in general?
2: Uh, no. <laughs> there was not. way too much going on. Way too much going on. If you're going to have a, a day, you know, if you're going to roll out a day like that where you're trying to showcase your product, do it like MLK Day where you space them out over the entirety of the day. Um, I the 15 minute starts didn't really affect me one way or the other but that many games on at the same time and trying to you know kind of balance uh, you know your, your viewing, you know, options and your interest across that many games was just, it was too, it was overkill. It was a, the fire hose of, of NBA. Um, so I would have preferred a different approach. But, uh, and, and in general, it kind of has really rankled the schedule this week, which, you know, I'm a scheduled betting guy. So I'm I'm, I'm annoyed by that.
3: Well, <laughs> yeah, because you don't have any necessary <laughs> scheduling advantage here today, that's for sure. But it is nope. a, it's not not quite a full slate of NBA action. We even have a weird Uh, 5.30 Eastern, 2.30 Pacific start in Orlando with the Mavericks and the Magic. So that's a little quirky today
2: as well. What did you land on? Uh, I don't have anything in action right as of this moment. Um, I I think as I look across the board, um, most of these numbers look fair to me. The only uh, advantage that I see is a tiny, tiny Uh, one and a quarter point edge towards the Kings against the mighty Cavaliers. Um, But, you know, my market rating on the Cavs is, you know, or my rating relative to market on the Cavs is high. So uh, not sure what's going on there. Um, In general, I think uh, the only team that's really wildly off-priced by market right now is the Indiana Pacers. Uh, They're getting graded like they are a bottom two team, uh, and they're performing a heck of a lot better than that. So... Uh, Pacers may be a bet against the uh, the Nuggets here Uh, otherwise it's gonna be a pretty late day for me in the NBA I think most of my attention right now in the NBA is trying to figure out some of these award markets some of the early momentum for some of these teams Um, my player ratings are kind of shuffling in the moment here like a lot of you know there's been a lot of surprises uh, across the uh, league in terms of good and bad performance at a player level so far and trying to sort out what's real and what's gonna regress is, is sort of the name of the game for me right now
3: what market are you looking at specifically
2: uh, most improved is a big one. I think that one is a little bit, it's a fuzzy definition. So it's interesting to try to kind of figure out how that one will ultimately break. Um, because we, I have a lot of... Yeah, we, sure. talk,
3: we talked about this uh, on primetime, I think, with you um, many times, which is sure. historically, this is you think most improved players. So you're thinking somebody comes out yeah. of oblivion to be a, like a really well-known player. And you're like, oh, that's the most improved player. But it's never that. It's always someone who you already know who goes from pretty good already to maybe the next level.
2: In that, yeah, p- the case, hundred yeah. percent. No one wants to award give an award to a person that is you know just kind of good. Uh, they want to kind of reward greatness, and so this award almost always goes to someone who makes the leap from good to all star. Uh, and actually, if there's one kind of one you know one line summary of who gets most improved player, it's a first time all star. Um, and so kind of figuring that out between now and the all-star break is because once we get to that point, this is going to be cooked, uh, as you know, the, the, the market leader right now, I think is be, is bet against, uh, just Alexander's having a phenomenal start to his season, largely just compiling, uh, counting stats, but that's not sustainable in my mind His fit with, uh, giddy who they want to be sort of the future of the ball handler, uh, of that franchise is not great. And I would you know, and the idea that even you know having Shea out there they're winning more games than they would presumably like to so he may ultimately get the hook at some point and not get enough games to qualify for consideration so he's bet against I have a big position preseason on Maxi at 25 to one that I'm playing a little defense on and I'm uh, and I'm pretty heavily into Desmond Bain as well right now Bain is playing yeah. out of his mind well, and he is really really stepped up in the absence of Jaron Jackson jr being like sort of the second banana there in Memphis Memphis to me, is a bet on team right now. They look like they're going to win. Man, they could they could go like 75, 80 percent win clip between now and Christmas, just based on the way the schedule breaks for these guys. Uh, and I think you know he he's going to get a lot of attention in the All Star uh, you know in the All Star market for uh, sort of that second Grizzly for consideration. So he's huge. The big regression question I have right now is Laurie Markkinen. Markkinen, I don't think is this isn't sustainable. And uh, but if it is, then I'm then I'm cooked. <laughs> He's the yeah. guy. He's the guy that could cook you.
4: It's an interesting marker right now. I'm right there with you, Drew, because I, I I've got that bet on Maxi two from preseason. I think SGA and Markkinen regress a little bit, and I think I think there's value on Bain right now at twelve to one over at DraftKings. I think that's a good bet, and it's one that I might be adding. <laughs> Uh, To my portfolio as well. That guy's having a heck of a year. And the Grizzlies, I think I was a little off on headed into this season. I thought they
3: were going to take a slight step back here. Jaws for real, man. Dude is for real. One of the great players of the association. We'll come back uh, week 10 in the National Football League. What Drew's got going on there. One follow-up basketball question as well. It's a numbers game at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network.
2: game on v the Sports Betting Network. College
3: basketball started, and now's the time to get your copy of our annual betting guide at over 400 pages. It's our biggest betting guide ever with odds, trends, power ratings, and analysis on every team. Our team of experts, including Greg Hoops-Peterson and Matt Humans, not to mention Wes Reynolds. Let's give Wes a shout. Provide their predictions for win totals, futures, conference champions, tournament teams, and breakdown of all 60 coaching changes since last season. JVT in there as well. The only way to get the guide is to become a VEASAN Pro subscriber. Sign up now for just $99 and get VEASAN Pro access to everything we do all the way through the Super Bowl. Sign up today at VEASAN.com slash subscribe. They do such a great job with those betting guides. Year after year, sport after sport, they're phenomenal.
4: Oh, it's incredible. They're incredibly detailed Uh I say that because I think I've made it through about f- five of them, especially with the uh, the NFL ones can be, whoa, or college, uh, college football. Was that the one that was 330 pages? Oh, that was dumb. Every piece of information you might need on your team, your conference, it's in there.
3: Take, Believe me, Take this, Phil Steele. Uh, we get tweets at Bidding the Book. Phil Weiss uh, talking about, I was shouting out uh, Jason Weingarten for his political uh, betting talks on this show in the past. Uh, this is Phil Weiss. The always ornery Phil Weiss at No Filter 37. He goes, Jason never discussed political gambling. He discussed his political feelings. <laughs> so great. What well, you just articulated is exactly why I didn't bet a single dollar on elections yesterday. I think he's talking about the uh, the polling in general and, and the biases. Uh, James underscore AG1. What makes you say poker players are bad sports bettors? Just anecdotal. Uh, those of us who have been around long enough. That's It's not a blanket statement. Uh, but those of us who have been around long enough. Who know really good poker players? They just kind of are a little more haphazard about their sports bets, and it just doesn't translate a lot uh, in many cases. Not in all, but in many. Bill Hooker, breaking news from Whale Capper, California is weird. We bring back Whale Capper Judinsky <laughs> uh, back <laughs> back on the show. Well, we gotta that's, let's uh, rack that, and make that a pro tip. Later. Uh, <laughs> hey, before we get to before we get to football, uh, a couple more things about awards. One, I had JVT on yesterday, and we, we had been tracking this for a couple weeks now. Uh, This just in, we are not even close to Thanksgiving yet. Thanksgiving approaching, but we're not really that close. Paulo Bancaro's minus 700 in the rookie of the year market. Isn't it our obligation to bet somebody else as much as you and I specifically love Bancaro for obvious reasons? Isn't it kind of your obligation? There's got to be value elsewhere, right?
2: Yeah, it feels like bad karma, though. Yeah, it feels. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it, feels, yes, it, does. It, it feels like bad <laughs> karma to pull the trigger. Uh, the idea that anyone in any awards market should be more than about minus two hundred right now is lunacy. Yeah. Um, totally. Yeah, and if they even even just given the idea that some of these guys are playing pretty well. <laughs> like I mean Baron Caro is racking up the volume and getting the usage and you know he's had some he's, he's even had a little bit of an uneven kind of start to the season magic are not winning games but um, you know he is the real deal pretty obviously um, Matherin would be the guy pretty, pretty, uh, you know, this is you know, not breaking news, but he's quite, quite excellent. And in general, Indiana, Indiana, Indiana uh, performing above what the market thinks so far, uh, particularly offensively. So, um, you know, if, if I had to take a shot, that's where I would go, but I'm not going to, because okay. uh, I'm loyal to the bank I was <laughs> I was just going to say,
3: it's such a great call. That's like, no, it just feels <laughs> wrong if we did that. We're referring to the NBA draft where both Drew and I had great bets on, on Carroll becoming the number one pick. I would feel the same way. Way about EGA, I would feel the same way about sure. Ole Miss. Like, there's certain things you're like, I'm sorry, I can't do this to you. You've done so minus much for me.
4: 900 at DraftKings. Minus 900. 900. Yeah, you know, to be fair, though, yeah, yes, there's, he's there, awesome. Yes, there's value in other spots, but Drew, I mean, we're talking, I mean, there's not really value past five guys. You know what I mean? Like, I, you could sure. maybe go, yeah. You could maybe make yeah. a case for Mather and Keegan Murray, Jaden Ivey, Jabari Smith, and maybe Shaden Sharp. I don't really know if I'm looking. You can't look much further down that list.
3: Bro, it's November 9th. We're on the second hole of an 18-hole course. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, like, wild. It's, just, it's just not. All right. One more before we get to the end. Let's make this quick because I want to get to the NFL. But um, sixth man of the year. Yeah. Russell Westbrook, the much maligned Russell Westbrook, is now your short shot moving ahead of Jordan Poole. We're showing plus plus one eighty on Westbrook two to one on pool via bed MGM. What do you think there?
2: This market is broken.
5: <laughs>
2: it's absolutely broken. There is. Yes. Ne- neither of these guys are performing to the level that they are realistically going to get consideration at the end of the year pool could get there. Um, I get why he's, you know, or why, you know, why it's, it's important to keep him relatively short. Um, he's going to get the counting stats. Um, but yeah, the, the, there, this, if you want to kind of get squirrely, if you want to go find a, an 80 to one shot uh, or longer, this is the market to do it. Um, you know, the six man of the year is a volume stat. You're looking, you're usually looking for shooting guards. Um, but uh, there is a name that stands out on this list. it's Mr. Kevin love, um, Cleveland Cavaliers right now Mm -hmm. look to me like a team that is very live to get the one seed in the Eastern conference, just because they are going to compile regular season wins. Like it is their job. Um, And I don't really know that you have another standout performer on that team broadly other than maybe Bickerstaff or coach of the year. That's going to get consideration in the awards market. And when you have a team get a one seed and people are starting to send the year, sharing, you know, spreading the love, uh, sharing their awards, um, you know, the idea of well, we need to give the Cavaliers, some recognition. Wow. Did you see that season? Kevin love had off the bench. Who saw that coming? Like 80 to one is a, is a decent shot for Kevin love in that market. In my opinion, we like squirrely.
4: Yeah. I I like that one too. I just, yeah. I think the other thing to keep in mind, Drew, right. Is, is what, how does this vote change or perspective of this vote change? If a, if Russell Westbrook gets traded to the Pacers, right. let's say, and ends up as starting on that team for the yeah, rest no. of the season. I Just yeah. throwing out hypotheticals, but it, then then this gets even more squirrely.
2: Yeah, it absolutely does, and the Lakers are not going to be winning games. People ultimately giving Westbrook an award for getting benched and and winning thirty games with the Lakers team that was expected to compete for a playoff spot, I don't see it happening. I, I really, it doesn't really matter what his stats look like. I, I just don't think people are going to willfully uh, try to "quote unquote" reward um, what was ultimately a you know massive underachievement.
3: All right, let's go to the NFL week number ten, the second half of the season, if you will, starting. Hard to believe. What have you bet this week so far?
2: Uh, okay, so the weird one. And the one I need to kind of talk out a little bit here, because I don't understand what in the world is going on, is uh, (laughs) the Raiders and the Colts. Um, My biggest action last week, heaviest bet, was on the Patriots against the Colts, and that was because the market moved against me. I rarely kind of double dip um, when the market is telling me I'm wrong. I uh, usually just sort of say, oh, well, this is now a coin flip and or I'm going to lose. Um, but the, the Colts got bet against the Patriots. Sam Ellinger on the road against Belichick got bet last week uh, and I didn't understand it. Um, ultimately, the Patriots get the win in the cover largely thanks to their defense. Defensive score in that one. Punt block set up a short field. Their offense was atrocious but the concept in making that bet was literally Belichick's going to be able to scheme Sam Ellinger completely out of this game and the Colts offense was miserable. They were the worst offense on the field last week. And now they get rid of their head coach. You bring in a completely untested head coach who has zero coaching experience beyond the high school level. Um, And halfway through the week, we finally figure out who's going to be calling the offensive plays. Mm -hmm. Um, So you have a situation where you have now a shortened week to figure out an offensive scheme for a first time play caller and a rookie quarterback on the road. And the Raiders are getting bet against this, is a number has come down. I thought for sure with the move off of rake and the, you know, and now this offensive play calling vacuum, I don't really know how to quantify that, but it's certainly worth more like in the ballpark of a field goal. And instead of moving, you know, across seven for the Raiders here, we've seen it go the other way. And I do not understand this. Maybe somebody is looking at injury news and thinking, well, Jonathan Taylor is going to be back. And all they're going to do is press the Jonathan Taylor button that may work, but I, you know, I I don't know that that ultimately succeeds through four quarters against, uh, you know, a team that is still trying to win a lot of people playing for jobs right now at the Raiders organization, not just in the coaching staff, but on that, on that team, like, you know, the fact that they've underachieved does not change the fact that everybody there knows that they're playing for a job next year. So, um, you know, Raiders, I would expect to, to come out a little bit more, you know, a little bit more focused, a little bit, uh, you know, more complete effort from them than we've seen in previous weeks. And, and the colts on the other hand i could see being an absolute mess in this game so uh very 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 confused by why there's any kind of colts sent you know Colts support now two weeks in a row um, and, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm heavy on the Raiders. I may ultimately go again here. If the price comes down anymore, um, I'm looking at six minus one Oh five right now, which I just, I can't, cannot wrap my head around this. And, uh, uh, I'm going to be a team Raider. Uh, you know, I'll be, I'll be, in, I'll be, I'll be there in the, in the black hole at some point. If, uh, if this <laughs> continues to go against me,
3: Jeff Saturday going with, uh, is well, referring to past game specialist, assistant quarterbacks, coach parks, Frazier to take over the offensive play calling. Parks Fraser's beautiful in the summertime, Kelly. Have you been there? Oh, Parks, yeah. right. <laughs> <That> sounds great. <laughs> and, and, <Yeah.
4: laughs> I think Drew's Drew's yeah. point spot on, though, of like the if Matt Ryan was quarterbacking this team still, I I don't know if I'd be as concerned about it. But yeah, like you're talking Sam Ellinger with a guy who's never called plays before, with a brand new head coach who's never coached before. So I'm in I'm in with you, Drew. I'm
3: in with you. Give me give me one other Drew before we go. We got about 30 seconds.
2: Uh, well, I don't think Josh Allen goes. I played a decent amount of under there at 46. Weather also looks like it could be an issue. So that one's fun. I played some over in Houston, New York Giants. I played over 40 and a half. My fair there is 42. Uh, I think Giants uh, have a couple of defensive injuries that are flying under the radar. Houston's going to be able to get some some garbage time points. And I think, you know, Saquon Barkley against that Houston run defense is just going to have himself a day.
3: That, that Josh Allen thing's a little weird too, right? Because it's like, they say it's not as serious as, as perhaps initially uh, indicated by some, yet if he were to sit a game, an interconference game might be the one to do so this weekend.
2: But then how yeah, do you- put him on put him put him on ice until
3: December. Yeah, I'm no doctor, but throwing that ball can't be that good for it. Thank you, Drew. Appreciate it.
0: Drew Dinsick, everybody. Coming back, teaser time next.
5: You can listen to the Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: A numbers game on V the sports betting network.
3: Makes a midweek magic with Light the Lamp Wednesdays at BetMGM, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Place a $25 wager on any NHL player to score a goal on Wednesday and you'll automatically receive $2 in free bets for every goal scored in the game, up to $16. Just log into your account or download the app and sign up with BetMGM to get started. Then opt into the Light the Lamp Wednesday's promotion to receive a $2 free bet for every goal scored in the game, regardless of your prop bet's outcome. Eligibility restrictions apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. New and existing customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling prom. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Mississippi, Nevada, or New York. Skill Alexander, we get tweets. beating the book. Always appreciate the uh, the feedback on all of these. Uh, J Rod fifty five C C M not to be confused with our regular J-Rod. He yeah. says he says the 5:30 Eastern Orlando start is due to the pending landfall of Hurricane Nicole near I, Central Florida.
4: I didn't want, I was I was kind of guessing that when we, you guys brought it up but I didn't I didn't know for sure. So, so thank, yeah, that
3: makes sense. Thank you for that J-Rod 55 CCM. Uh BYRO, B Y R O. Got any tennis this week, Gil? No, there's a, it's a the women have a 125 tournament, which is the lowest level WTA tournament, and then the men have a quirky next gen format where it's best of five up to four, so no, nothing this week. Jesse Welch. Uh, every time I hear Drew Dinsick's name, all I think about is the NBA draft morning with all the noise about Banquero not going first, and then Drew adamantly saying that from what he's hearing, that's all nonsense. Best decent moment in my opinion. Thank you, Drew. Shout out to Drew. This is going from Johnny... Well, let me do this one first. Bruce Dobigan was hoping the Colts would go with Niles Frazier as their play caller. Does he mean Niles Crane from Fraser? That's who he's hoping they would go with, their <laughs> play caller. Let's call the end around. Well, uh, well, John... he, he at least would have been older. <laughs> Let's go flea flicker here, Johnny Millionaire. This is a good one. Can you speak about the Chargers Niners spread? I have my questions about how good the Chargers are, but plus seven and plus two sixty on the money line seems quite steep, Johnny. That, that's a very that's a very good question. And let me just also say this: when we were doing the segment with Drew and we were talking about how is this Raiders line against the Colts? How is money coming in on the Colts? How is this? if anything, going the other direction. And while we were doing it, he was giving his other picks on the screen. The giants were five point favorites against the Texans. And so as he was talking, we were getting to the end of the segment in my head. I was like, wait a minute. The giants are only five point favorites against the Texans on guessing lines. Didn't I guess seven? And I don't even think I was that high. So that line came down to the giants. Now just five point favorites against the Texans in some spots. And then there is this matter of the 49ers and Chargers line, which it's is down seven, four
4: and a half, in a couple places.
3: So we yeah. have a few really odd lines this week in the NFL.
4: I don't, I don't know what I'm missing with that one, and it's kind of irritating me because guess what? I already laid six and a half with the Giants, thinking it was going to go the other way.
3: Just the 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 desire to bet Texans money as a rule is is a very odd one. But let me let me just address the 49ers Chargers thing. Yeah, Johnny, I'm, I'm with you. I guessed six on the Niners. Was I high with that number on guessing lines? I mean, i can't remember if I was high or not on it. Not, you know, high. I'm saying high with my guess, just to clarify. But it's seven now, 49ers over the Chargers. The Chargers are that team, but but it's I, I'm sure we all have the same opinion of the Chargers, which is, sure, seven... Oh, no, Chrissy had seven. Um, Sure, the Chargers seem like seven is too much against... But do you ever trust that team, ever? And you have
4: got—I mean—wide receiver issues all over the place, right? I mean, Mike Williams out, Keenan Allen questionable. You have
3: to check on them every week. Got to see check if they're on them playing every
4: them. week. I, I mean, look to, to, to the question. Yeah. It, do I feel we talked about that? I mean, this is one of the games we talk, were almost most in sync with all three of us uh, on Monday with, with uh, when we were talking about guessing, guessing these lines where. I mean, you're telling me I can get seven points with Justin Herbert. If this ends, if there's a seven and a half that pops, I'll be taking a piece of it. It's not going to be a big bet, no. I got respect for what the 49ers have done. But that good of a quarterback I can, I can get that many points with, it, it's going to end up being a bet for me.
3: Right now, by the way, the statuses of Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, and for that matter, Debo Samuel, all up in the air. Brandon Cooks in the Houston game, his status up in the air. That's more of... Just sort of yeah, drama between us. I would the assume he goes Cooks. this
4: week. I, I, I mean, I mean, these are the days, right? We're on Wednesday. Check practice reports these yeah. next couple days. These are the real days when you're going to know stuff. But and I, on, Brandon Cooks should be back from pouting, right?
3: And we're on, back from pouting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, <laughs> we're having parentheses. That's right. Drawing, Out. Pouting. Pouting. Yes. Um, and we're too early on Wednesday on the show to really have all the latest, you know, all the brand new information on a Wednesday. Well, so that's where like, yeah. I, I,
4: did we miss something overnight on the giants or something that I,
3: well, you were I voting. Don't I might election. Sound,
4: we might be sounding really stupid right now. Cause we missed something big. I don't know how that line moves a point and a half or whatever.
3: Yeah. I don't think we are. I mean more than in general sounding stupid.
4: <laughs> right, yeah, At least I can explain more than, the chargers. More than a lot, a right.
3: Role. Yeah. Uh, but, that, but the point is made by Johnny, which is there are a bunch, there are at least, we just highlighted three, right? The Colts Raiders, the Giants Texans, and the Niners Chargers, where it does cause you to be like, oh, that's interesting. I still say the line in Munich is interesting, that the Bucs are two and a half point favorites against the Seahawks. And I've so, said this, I've said this about guessing lines every week. Every week, I think the Seahawks are undervalued. Every week, I think the Bucks are overvalued. That has worked like a charm all year. Now, could I be wrong this week? Sure eventually we're going to be. But why wouldn't I go to the well one more time on that? I I think the wrong team's favorite. I think it's a great team to discuss in teaser time. No? It's teaser time. time. (laughs) (laughs) I should really come to rehearsal. Teaser time? (laughs) Question mark? I should have a question mark by that.
4: I I think it's the teaser leg of the year.
3: Oh, there's no question.
4: I think it's the teaser leg of the year. So this is, I mean, I already have one. I did Seahawks. I did Seahawks. This is a fun- funky teaser, a little bit. Seahawks, obviously not. But the, I teased the Colts down, I, I, or, or uh, Raiders. I, te- I teased the Raiders down, uh, which I know is <laughs> what, weird going. What si- could
3: possibly go wrong? <laughs> what could
4: possibly go wrong. I know going six and a half to a half is uh, you know a bit of an odd teaser. But I'm just I was looking for a partner with yeah. them. What I had circled on Sunday was Seahawks Bills thinking Josh Allen was going to be fine, but no, obviously some questions there, that's out the window. So I needed a dance partner for him. I, I'm as confused as Drew is. I threw the Raiders in there as a teaser with the Seahawks. I, I think I really like it.
3: I had asked Chrissy on guessing lines, for those who missed it, the Raiders-Colts game, will the loser of this game fire their coach? And Chrissy answered, <laughs> well, if it's the Colts, yes. And then, what, three and a half minutes later, oh, yeah. we get the news Frank Reich would be fired. So we didn't even get to the result of that question. But if the Raiders lose to this version of the Colts with Saturday and... What was my man's name? Frazier Parks.
4: Yeah, I already
3: forgot. Frazier Parks, I believe. This is the the gentleman who's uh, calling plays. Um, I get it. He's a first-year coach, and being fired after half a season is kind of unprecedented in the NFL. In fact, it is very unprecedented. But, like how do you get how do you, i mean he's already had two meetings Josh McDaniels has with with Mark Davis what do you say after that if that happens yeah um. i no,
4: i i I'm, I'm i actually think I'm with. You. I don't know how that guy escapes with a job if if this if things keep going this way. I mean, if he loses this week. I think he's done.
3: Tell you what, we're gonna you're gonna play a team this week where the guy hasn't had head coaching experience beyond the high school level. He's his assistant quarterbacks coach was just named midweek to call the plays. Who's
4: 30 and has never called plays before.
3: And you have a rookie quarterback who's barely started, who just got sacked nine times last week. If you can't win this, yeah. I, I don't care if Jonathan Taylor's
4: there or not. If you can't win this.
3: Yeah. So this is, so, so basically in teasing that down, that's what you're betting on that, that leg yes. that the Raiders will beat the Colts. And I landed Kelly. I landed on the exact same two. You did. Really? Seahawks and Raiders. Cause Could, the Seahawks day through the three and the seven. Sure. Love it. Could they lose? Sure. <laughs> Watch them. Just get rolled. Well, I'm kind of laugh, <laughs> laughing
4: though. Cause it's the, it's the, well, do we have the stones to lay the full six and a half with the Raiders? No. <laughs> know if I want to go there, even though everything we said still applies. I don't know if I really want I, to go there. I
3: did with Belichick because I you know, like everybody it was certainly not an original thought, right? Like everyone's like, oh, Belichick against not only a rookie quarterback, but a guy who's like starting with his second game right. or whatever it was. And you're like, okay, that's okay. By the way, the Patriots didn't even play well.
4: They didn't even play well.
3: Their stats are like, again, the Colts had eight first downs. The Patriots had 11. And so that was enough to sort of roll them. If dude, if the Raiders can't win this game, seriously, if they can now, it, if if you couldn't have either the Seahawks or Raiders, or, or if you needed a, thir- what would be your th- third most favorite leg of a teaser?
4: Well, there's a reason why I put the funky one in there. It's the, the Eagles. I, I would actually be okay if anybody told me they wanted to tease the Eagles down.
3: Would you? Yeah, I can't. I can't argue with
4: it. I, I think that's the only one I'm touching this week, though. I think we both identified no. the two teams. I've already got the teaser in. I I, I like it. Uh, by the way, I made the—I've sent these lines in this morning for this graphic. Mm-hmm. So this has moved from six and a yes. half to five and a, five, four and a half in the past two hours.
3: Talking about the Giants game. The Giants game, yeah. yes. <sighs> we did
4: get a tweet from Jeremy Larson that Adam Chernoff released uh, Texans plus six and a half. So maybe we love maybe. Adam.
3: We love Adam doing his thing at Right Angle Sports. By the way, mm-hmm. in November, Right Angle Sports college basketball releases on this show. Kelly, breaking news. College basketball releases from right angle on this. we love it. We'll do that. Our own Mike Pritchard's on the other side. We'll ask him week 10 NFL questions. Maybe, maybe we'll have some more breaking Daniel Snyder news during a Pritchard segment again. It's a numbers game at Feast of the Sports Betting Network.